Hello and welcome to the Mal and Johnny Show. Well, it's the height of summer, isn't it? Uh, nearly the longest day. Lots of things happening in the world. But Johnny Tudor's just come back from a lovely swim. Johnny, where have you been? I've been down to Barry. I went into cold nap and I dived in the sea. I've been doing it now for the last um, three or four weeks, ever since I saw... Wim Hof, or whatever his name is, he's <laughs> dumping the celebs into ice bucket. I thought I could, it's good for you, this. I'm going to try it. Anyway, you do feel really great when you come out. And I met a friend of mine at, at a funeral, funny enough. Her name's Frianne, and she used to work for the BBC. I think she still does. Um, and she does it all year round. Wow. And she said, John, you've got to do it. And so I've been doing it. Yeah, there's a group in, in uh, Langland in Swansea called the, the, the Blue Tits. Bunch of ladies. <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> and they go every, they go every day. Um, all right, so like, like, let's go through the benefits. Obviously, it's a lovely. It's been a lovely sunny day today. Um, yeah, you know, you're out there. You're, you're, you're taking the rays in because I can see by this the colour of your skin. You're lovely mahogany, and then That's you right. go into the water. Do you just dive straight in? Um, well, the first one I did about three weeks ago. I I waded up to my waist Ooh. and waited for my bones oh. to feel like they were about to explode. Then, then I just dived in quick and dived out again. Yeah. Then the next time, I, I gradually got more and more used to the water, and I think the water is getting warmer, to be honest. Right, OK. So today I just dived straight in. Yeah. Did yeah, a few, yeah. did, you know, about 30 or 40 strokes, and then they came out. Because the thing is that the um, Scandinavians have been doing this for years, haven't they? They, they have their um, their saunas. Have you ever done that? You've been to a sauna and then... Oh, they I love these, saunas. And then they have these plunge pools outside in some of these Scandinavian... Oh, they, they dive in the snow as well, yeah, they do. Yeah. That's quite a bit I've done. I have done it when I've been on tour. You know, when you're in a hotel, you think, yeah. oh, I'll have a sauna now. So what do you do? <laughs> no, yeah. when, you, when you sat next to somebody completely naked, you go, oh, what do you do? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I used to to go on this, this yacht I used to do shows on called The Sea Goddess. Yeah. And when I wasn't working that night, you know, and we'd be sailing to the Caribbean or something. Yeah. And I'd, I'd go in the sauna and I'd, I'd have a real good sauna and I'd come out, put my nice fluffy dressing on, sit on the top deck, yeah. the beautiful the wind, the oh, lovely sea breeze. Lovely. And I'd listen to somebody like... Uh, Interpret on my phone, you know, and I just relax. I thought it was wonderful. I remember going into a sauna once. I was on on one of these tours. You know, you don't know who you're going to meet, and uh, you know, and because in in Europe, you know, they they don't wear very many clothes when they go to a sauna. Well, they don't know, and sometimes they're mixed. They don't care. You know, it's it's like you don't know what to look. I was going to say you don't know what to look first, but you don't know what to look. You know, looking down. Anyway, I was in this sauna once with this guy, and uh, I go so you know, nice to see you. And I said. So what do you do? And he said, oh, I play drums. I said, oh, that's very good. Well, who do you play? Well, who do you play drums with? Emerson Lake and Palmer. It was a guy called oh. Carl Palmer. <laughs> and we were on the same sort of like touring circuit at the time. So it's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of Carl Palmer lately. <laughs> Can I have your autograph? <laughs> but then, but then he, he said, you got to do this. Now you got to do this. So he encouraged me because it was a lovely song. At the top, of, you know, it's usually at the top of a hotel, isn't it? And yeah. they, they had this. Ice cold plunge pool, right? Oh, that's right, that's it, yeah. And it's, it's not a very big pool. It's like, you know, it's just enough for a person, one person to dive in, but it's freezing cold. So you come out of the shower yeah. and you go, <laughs> and you dive in, and there's this incredible feeling that goes all the way through your body. Yeah, And yeah. you jump out and get back into the sauna again. And then, you know, you're sitting in the sauna thinking, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, I do want to do it. Oh, I don't want to do it. I want to do Oh, the, okay, let's do it again, you know. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever work with a bloke called Braddon Griffiths? He was a floor manager. Braddon Griffiths. Now, that's a, that's a name from the past. Tell now, me. Now, Braddon was a real character, you know. Mm-hmm. He'd come back from somewhere like Finland or somewhere. Mm-hmm. He said, do you know that the Scandinavians, they, they go in saunas and they beat themselves with twins. <laughs> 
He said they even beat their privates. <laughs> the way he was telling me, he was such a character. <laughs> well, I did. I, I didn't do that, Johnny Tudor. There are no, no, there no. are some things some things you don't hit with a stick. I tell you. That's right, <laughs> All right. So um, so it's this time of year. So you've been swimming, and it's good. You feel good about yourself. Uh, yeah, it's great. I'm going to keep it up now. I'm going to try and go longer this year. Like last year, I finished in mid-October. I stopped going in. Yeah. But somebody said, if you keep doing it, yeah. you just get used to it. You can do it right through the winter if you want to, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, so uh, this week is Ascot. Have you ever been to Ascot? No, I haven't been to Ascot. In fact, the only time I, I nearly went to a, a race meeting was with Dorothy Squires because she had three races. Oh, she had three, three, yes, three horses. Yeah, 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 she had one called Esban, which won the Welsh National, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the Scottish National, it won. And she had another one called Norwegian Flag, which came down, I think. It, 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 it put down in. It was on the uh, Grand National. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, And then she invited me to go one day, and I couldn't because I was going somewhere else. So I, I never actually got to the races. Wow, well, I mean, that must have cost her a fortune, isn't it, looking after oh. those horses? Well, how do you think she lost all the money? She had three, I think she had three, at least three or four horses, and they were all with Jenny Pittman. Now, oh, Jenny wow. Pittman was the top trainer. Yeah. So it must have been costing her arms and legs, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Actually, something I'd quite like to do, I think. I've, um, I've been to a boxing match. Have you ever been boxing? Yeah, I like boxing. You I, do? It's one of my favourites. Alwyn thinks it's a bit um, cruel, but I, I, I went to a boxing match once in Swansea, funny enough, right. in the top rank. Right. I think we were doing Panto. It was Stan and I in Panto. Yeah. And uh, we were invited to this boxing tournament in the top rank with Stanley Baker. Oh. Right? Stan- so there was Stanley Baker, yeah. me, and Stan Stennis. <laughs> after, after the boxing match, Stan wanted to go home. So I'm left with Stanley Baker, who was a big gambler. He said, any, any gambling joints around here? I said, well, there's one in, in Wine Street, I said. I think it's called, uh, I forgot what it's called. It was, a, it was a little casino. Yeah. So I took him there. Yeah. Anyway, there was a, a, a limit on how much you could gamble. Yeah. He said, well, could you raise a limit for you? He said, Mr. We, you know, Stanley, we yeah, can it's, raise it's a limit. Yeah. He lost, I don't know how much money. And in the end, he just pulled his wad of notes like this. And he went, what? I said, how much you lost, Stanley? He said, too much. Take me back to the hotel. Oh, my gosh. I suppose <laughs> yeah. it is. So that's my only boxing match I've actually been live. I, went to so I always yeah. watch it on TV. I, I like what? Like, I got quite friendly with uh, Enzo... Uh, Mac, no, Enzo Calzaghi. Oh, I, right, yeah. I, I did know Enzo Macronelli and his dad, and they were they were wonderful. But Enzo Calzaghi, now he was Joe Calzaghi's dad. And yeah. when I was writing the musical about the boxer, uh, Tommy Farr, I used to go up to his, uh, his, his the gym up in, where was it, Blackwood? Risker. Risker, something like that, yeah. Risker, yeah. And uh, it, it, a lovely warm welcome, but they were musicians. I mean, he hadn't trained as a boxing trainer at all. He was a musician. No. Him and his brothers, he used to do gigs and stuff. And it, it is it is gym, as well as the gym for actually boxing, he had um, he had a recording studio. Never. And uh, oh, he was a lovely, lovely guy. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember saying to Enzo Macronelli, because Enzo Macronelli went to him as, a, as his trainer, he said to me, do you understand a word he says? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you sort of get the, you got the gist of it with Enzo Calzaghi. Because uh, he was Italian from... Uh, he was born in Italy, wasn't he? Yeah, now was, I think he might have been Sardinia even, because he kept on saying... Yeah. And basically, he was saying... Come over to Sardinia. We'll make a program about, yeah. and, and we'll just take our guitars and we'll make music. And his, bro- yeah, his uh, yeah. Enzo's brother was lovely. They were a lovely family. So that boxing. But I did go and see uh, Joe uh, Calzaghi, and it was at the Wales Millennium Centre. Oh, no, yeah, who was he fighting? The uh, Principality Centre, and it was it was. Um, I must admit, it was quite. 
<laughs> well, it's quite violent, obviously. But, you know, it was like being at a gladiatorial sort of, uh, you know, it was like being back back at the Coliseum because they were... Kill him! Absolutely. I'm thinking, no, give, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Anyway. But you know, you've had some wonderful boxers in Wales, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there were people like um, Joey Erskine, Joey. who was a fantastic boxer. He yeah. became European champion. I think he lost his title to a Cooper. Right. But he, he didn't have the knockout blow. He was a wonderful boxer, a technical boxer. Yeah. Then we had another fellow from Newport. What was his name? Richardson, something Richardson. Yeah. And he knocked out Carl Mildenberger in three rounds. And Mildenberger went 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. Wow. So, you know, we had some good boxers here. Yeah, but, of course, Tommy, Tommy Farr was probably possibly Farr. of his generation the best of, of the lot, really, because he was My heavyweight. My dad said he won that match against Louis and, everybody, and they didn't give it to him. No, they, they were booing at the end of it. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah. It, and a character as well. I, I did actually, um, obviously I wrote a musical about him, but I, I actually spoke to Tommy Farr once. Yeah, uh, I was um, I was a young uh, researcher on a radio program AM with Chris Stewart, and it must have been mm. um, somebody was fighting in, in the early nineteen eighties. And, they, and uh, my boss David Nicola said, um, uh, "Give the Tommy Farr a ring." I, I didn't know much about him, if I'm honest, so yeah. I rang up, and because he, he lived in Brighton, uh, hello, is that Mr. Farr? Yes, I said I'm I'm calling from BBC Radio Wales. We'd like to talk to you about so, da, 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 da. and uh, his first re first remark to me was. How much? <laughs> I went, I, I don't know. He said, well, find out, boy, and call me back. <laughs> <laughs> but when you he heard his story, because he, he had, you know, in those terms, I suppose he must have been a millionaire in our sort of money. But well, he, yeah. he lost it all. He lost it all. So if, if he was going to be on the radio, he wanted he to know how much he was going to get paid for it, you know, because we were asking him to do a service, and he wanted his service to be paid for. So that was, I, I met Henry Cooper and his brother, because oh, he had a twin brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they they lived not far from where Dorothy lived, and they used to turn up at some of the parties. Because they used to train in the old Kent Road, which was on the way towards Bexley, where she lived. Right. Um, he was a nice guy, you know. Yeah. But, I, but I remember Erskine fighting him, and then he fought London, did he fight? Jack London. Brian London. Jack London. And it was in yeah. Porth Call. Oh, right. right. And all hell let loose, because somebody said that London had given him the nut. So, in the end, everybody's in, the father's in, they're all fighting each other in the ring. Have a look at it on YouTube. It's someone... <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter, aren't you, Johnny? Yeah, I'm I, a lover, I, I, I like to watch it, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> don't do it don't I, haven't, I haven't had a fight since I left school. <laughs> I tell you what, though, there was yeah. a kid in school with me called Lenny the Lion. He became a, a champion, did Lenny. Right. He fought, uh, um, what's the little boy from, from Merthyr? John, became world champion. Johnny, not Johnny. Uh, no, not him. Before no. him. Oh um, gosh. Oh, Blinken Egg. Howard Wilson, Winston. No. Winston. Howard, Howard Winston. Howard Winston. Yeah. He fought Winston for the title. Wow. But he did, he didn't beat Winston. But I mean, I had a couple of fights with him when we were in school. If I'd only known he was going to be <laughs> a champion boxer. <laughs> oh god. All right. So you you've not done racing. What about tennis? Because he's coming up to the oh. Wimbledon. Is I'm just looking at the, yeah, it's nearly Wimbledon. Yeah, I've been watching the tennis already because uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Murray, yeah. he got through to the final in Stuttgart. Oh, week. Stuttgart, yeah. yeah. And he beat people like, um, what's the, Sitsipas, who's the number one seed. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he was playing the Italian guy and he strained his stomach muscle. So he's out of the, the Queens, but he's coming in for Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I went to Wimbledon once. Was he good? Yeah, wonderful day out. Wonderful. Yeah. Do you know Chrissy Pegg? No. 
Well, Chrissy Pegg, somebody's going to be silly. Yeah. Chrissy Pegg was the wardrobe mistress. And she had oh, Chris Pegg. Yeah, yes, I do know. Yeah, Stri- yeah she had a place called uh, Scripter Street. Mm. And she's got, she gets tickets. I don't know if she gets them. Yeah. She said, John, do you want to go to, you know, you and all would like to come? Bring a picnic, we'll have a good day out. So we did. Yeah. It was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I saw, um, how do we see all together? Well, I saw those of them. Yeah. But it's, it's going back a couple of years now. But it's a great day out. Actually, do you know what? I do remember, I did get tickets once and took the kids as well. Uh, so it must be a long time ago because they're not kids anymore. And mm. if you start, if anybody's listening to this now, if you stand outside Centre Court late on in the day, as people come out, sometimes they give you your tickets, you know, their tickets, so you can go in. they finish? Uh, yeah. And my, my boys, my boys ended up in the, um, you know, the, sco- the place where they put the score in? Yeah, somehow yeah, like, or another, like the- they, they talked their way into that box where they do all the scores. It was the old days when they used to do the, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. So they were, I mean, you know. <laughs> Somebody must have taken pity on them and said, come on, come on, have a little look. So that was Wimbledon. I've got a new record out, by the way, Johnny. Oh, yeah. What's it called, Ian? It's called The Border. It's called The Border. The Border. The Border between what, Wales and England? It's the border between any any two countries. You know, um, oh, right. it, it's, uh, it's inspired by, do you know um, Beverly Humphreys, or I, as I call her, the lovely Beverly Humphreys. I know the lovely Beverly. The world the, was it? She the, um, she has a, a world of music on a Sunday night. She says that's right. Yeah. Bring your. In fact, dr- I, work, I worked with a cousin, Gillian Humphreys. You know Gillian? I don't know Gillian. No. Yeah, she's an opera singer. Oh, there, she, well, I worked with her. Well, yeah. opera, opera. Anyway, I. Yes, I, so, yeah, I, I know digress. So, she, so, so it was her um, idea, was it? Or well, what? what it is now? Then she, what she say? Bring your dreams. Bring your dreams. She, I mean, you. She, I call her a, a rebel or a radical in a ball ground. She's um, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. like Gillian. She's an opera singer. Uh, she's yeah. an, had an amazing life. She's an MBE. Uh, yeah. She was mid uh, uh, high sheriff of Mid Glamorgan, and then uh, and she's she's got involved in the community. She always has been, but you know she's she works. She's some part of Yeah, food, she works in the food bank. She works in the church. She wo- works in the sort of like um, home for people who haven't got you know homeless. But yeah, she's yeah. found herself as the responsible, no, the trusted adult for five young. Uh, kids who came across as unaccompanied children as refugees. Oh, right. Okay. Came across the water, right? Yeah. yeah. And so she is their trusted adult. And I was, to- I'd, I'd got the tune to this this piece of music. Do 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 water. I'm talking water. The wood. Anyway, and then she was telling me the story about one of the lads. And I mean, th- their stories are, you know, it's easy to say us and them, isn't it? When you don't know anybody, it's us and it's those people over there, those. So when, yeah, you yeah. Hear, when you hear the story of what they've come from, how yeah. they've travelled across mountains and forests, just trying to find somewhere to be safe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it really it really spoke to me, this story. One of, one of her lads, so she's, she's five people she's looking after, five boys. Um, four of them are pretty much settled. One of them... This week, nearly got sent back to Iran, and she was pretty convinced oh. if he'd gone back to Iran, he'd been either put in prison or been killed. That's um, right. and, and she won't let go. She will not let go. She said, nothing's going to happen to my boys. And yeah. um, he's been given a reprieve, but like the boys on the, the Rwandan plane, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. But it got me thinking about um, borders, you know, because I'm, sure, you know, I'm not sure where your family come from originally. I suppose my family are, well, some of the Griffiths, Hopkins, that sounds quite Welsh, and then my dad's 
Pope, so he's from Devon. His family come from Devon. Yeah. You know, but you think who, whatever the Celts were before, after the Celts yeah, yeah. came the Romans, then came the right. Anglo Saxons, then came the Vikings. Yeah. We've all crossed the water at some. Oh, stage. that's right, that's right. I mean, my 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 grandfather was Irish descent. Right. Uh, my mother's side. Yeah. Um, but her mother was Welsh, and my father is all Welsh, I think, because my grandfather was from North Wales. Yeah. And my grandmother was South Wales. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm Griffiths. I, I'm. That's my full name, John Tudor Griffiths. John Tudor Griffiths. You know, imagine if, if you do the DNA of any of us, we're all, yeah. we're a mixture. We're a mixture, and, that's right. And it's just like, you know, it's easy to say them until you hear somebody's story. I mean, yeah. you know, I think the lucky thing about being in entertainment, we meet, we meet lots of different people, you that's know, right. from, you know, with their different sexualities, different faiths, different this, and you, right. you get to know them and to love them as people. You don't well, say... Well, that's right. You don't think of what they are. are. They're just people. That's just right. people. And um, and that's what the song's about. And if, of all the weeks to release the border, yeah. people crossing... And it actually sounds like you're crossing the Rio Grande, not the English Channel or the, you know, yeah. or the Irish Sea. But it's... Um, so that's... It's out and about. And you've got to play on Radio 2 on, on the weekend. And, oh, uh, great. And I'm doing lots of interviews and I'm talking about... The lovely Beverly Humphreys MBE, uh, <laughs> the radical in the ball gown. So I, uh, well, I worked with her once. You know, we did a, we did a show at the Grosvenor House in London. Oh, really? It was, it, it was the the Water Rats, um, Lady Water Rats Ball, right? And Ruth Maddock, our friend Ruth, she was the Queen Rat yeah. for that year. Yeah, and she asked me to do the cabaret, and she asked. Beverly to do a couple of songs as well. So we did this show at the Great Room in, in um, the Grosvenor. Isn't that amazing? And yeah, she, yeah. And she always looks absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah, I love yeah, it yeah. to pieces. But underneath that, underneath that ball gown is a is a, a heart of steel. She's a lioness. So don't yeah. mess with Beverly's boys. Don't mess. But what you're saying about about showbiz, I, I don't think there's much racism in showbiz. Mm. I've never never come across it. I've worked with black people, I've worked with gay people, and I've never known any animosity towards them. No, that I don't d- know if it's us because we're so used to it. Yeah, and, and I think that's the, you know, I know they call us loveys, but actually, yeah, but, you know, when you see someone who's got talent, who's, yeah. who's lovable, who's likeable, you don't care. You don't care no. what they where they come from. You just know them as the people. And I've worked with... Exactly. Oh, and you know what? When I, when I go into an environment where I'm the odd one out... And I get invited in. It makes me feel special, you know. I've yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've worked in so in so many different environments where, yeah, I'm I'm sort of the odd one out because I'm white and Welsh and yeah, you know, come from well, a Christian. It's funny faith, when I worked in Germany. I was working. In, I did a couple of gigs with a guy called Will Gaines. who was a black tap dancer. Yeah, he was phenomenal tap dancer. I mean, he'd yeah. leave me standing. I mean, yeah, uh, you, you well, you've seen them. They're like Sammy Davis. And, yeah, you know, the beats yeah. come from nowhere. Yeah. Anyway. He came, he came to Cardiff a few years later after I'd done this. And I thought, I'm going to get hold of Will. He, was, he did, a, he did a, a master class, I think, in the Sherman or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I ring him up. I said, where are you staying, man? He said, with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you got nowhere to stay if you will. <laughs> anyway, I went down to the theatre. And he, in the end, he had me teaching him. He said, show him this step. Because he was a busker. Right. He could do it. He just, you'd give him 32 bars and off he'd go. Yeah. He said, you watch what I'm doing. You tell him what I'm doing. Yeah. So I had to well, hang on. <laughs> I'm going to watch what you do it. Yeah, yeah. Because he couldn't teach it really. He just said, do what I do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I've, had, I've had great times with, you know, all sorts of people. Yeah, you didn't you see know, him as being he, a different colour. You just saw him as being a great tap dancer. Yeah, he's, he's Will Gaines, character. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right, well, well me- you, My father had a pub in, in um, Flandishan, the last pub he had. 
And we had a lovely bloke called Horace Beezer and his wife Maria working for my old man. Mm. He was like the main barman cellar man and she, she was a barmaid. Mm. And they were the loveliest people and they, they, were, they were born mm. on the docks. Yeah. And, you know, Caribbean background. Yeah. But they were lovely. I just thought it was Horace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and you know what? With the world being so divided at the moment, I think there's a a lot that people could learn from the people of show business. Do you know what? You're telling me. And I tell you what, people of show business always step up and do a bit and earn a few quid. Yeah. I did a show the other week. We made two and a half thousand quid for the Ukrainians. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, well, they always call on us. They call us everything, yeah. but they want us when they need us. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a lovey. I think lovey's, no, lovey's, right. a, lovey's right. a lovely. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, look, I know uh, we've just had a bit of a chit chat so, this week, but. So, um, you're going to stick your record on the end of the, this podcast? Oh, shall I? Oh, yeah. Whatever. I'll put it on the end of the podcast yeah. in that case. I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, I'd like I'll to do it properly. Yeah, right. we'll need snatches, snatches of it. Snatches of it. All right. Yeah. So, uh, this is the border, but before that, it's goodbye from him. And it's good play from him. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Ta-da, Val. Ta-da. I saw the smoke upon the water, broken glass upon the floor. The painted signs upon the windows, you're not welcome anymore. There was a time we laughed together, Another life when we were free This is the only home I wanted But it's turned its back on me Maybe one day I will return If I survive If I can make it across the border If I can make it across the border Then maybe someday The mountains and the seas We took our shelter in the forest Looked for shade beside the trees We shed the little bed we carried Laid to rest the ones who slept We clung to hope when there was darkness Thousand promises we kept Maybe one day I will return If I survive If I can make Maybe some